0: Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcasts. Through highlights, interviews and some deep dives, no podcast brings you more sports on the last Wednesday of the week. On this week's show, Ben and I are feeling fairly flush, so we're off to market for a football team. Yes, we're going to be talking about how to buy a football club With news recently of some major teams potentially going up for sale in the English Premier League. What does it actually take to buy a football team? How much money do you need? And can Ben and I do it? Probably not. But who knows? Stick with us to find out. This is the last Wednesday of the week. Ben, picture the scene. Picture the scene, right? We've, we've had an uptick in listeners, okay? We've gone from three to five, okay? The dollars <laughs> start raking in. Like, you are cashed, okay? Like, I'm talking mega, mega dollar, dollar bill, y'all, right? Or pounds, pound bills, y'all, pound cash notes, y'all. You've got billions in the bank, Ben. You don't know what to do with it. Football teams seem to be up for sale in the Premier League at the moment, Ben. Go and buy one. It's like it's just like going down to the shop, isn't it?
1: It is literally that easy. I think we should dive straight into the the nuts and bolts of buying a football club. This does, um, not just, not talking football here, this, this um, also the advice we're going to deliver for those listeners who (laughs) have financial advice, (laughs) we are not giving financial advice. Uh, yes. To those listeners, uh, we are going to give you, uh, some advice about how to buy a sports club. Yeah. Okay. Ben, walk
0: me through it. All right. I've got a lot of money. Um, I I think I can make money, more money because I've got a lot of money. So what I need is more money. So I think I can do that by owning a football team. I've seen one for sale. What do I need to do? Who do I, I mean, go to? where do I go Ben? Tell me what f- to do.
1: First and foremost it's important to say that these big sporting franchises generate an incredible amount of money. A lot of these franchises seem to have a kind of aura surrounding them. Uh, they are absolute money machines. They can also be money pits. So listeners be wary if you're looking to drop a few billion. Money is the key. Let's be frank here, Dan. You need boatloads of cash and a deep chequebook. Hang you... on, Ben. I'm
0: going to throw a clanger at you. I'm going to do this yeah. in this show, by the way. I'm going to throw Go a few clangers out there. Clang-ing I saw up. Reading up for sale for one pound.
1: Well, that was a bit different because the club was in administration. I believe it was, that's effectively a token sale. So basically the club is effectively bankrupt and the new owner can come in and take that club for a nominal fee. In that instance, it was one pound. They still need to prove that they have sound financial structuring and that they can take on the debt the club is already in. So that's a little bit different. We're talking about established, well-run sports franchises, specifically football clubs. You know, there's there's no... um, Listeners to our show that that don't know that Manchester United and Liverpool Football Club are effectively up for sale. Two, if not the two biggest English football teams of all time are up for sale. Absolutely astonishing. So I was reading,
0: Ben, that Liverpool, um, uh, I think only as early as this year or last year, were valued in the region of 4 billion some monetary amount. Um, Does that mean I need 4 billion quid to go and buy that team?
1: You need more. You simply need more, uh, but yeah, effectively you'll need four billion dollars. Um, you, in, in the UK, and with with uh, football, there is soon to be a new UK based industry regulator. This regulator, Dan, will be tasked with ensuring the sustainability of a new owner. So no, Dan, I'd be like, listen, you've got four billion in the pocket, but is that sustainable? You go, no, I like beer. So it's not sustainable. (laughs) So, and that's where they would look at it. Um, Checking that the financial structures are in place that don't threaten the football club's existence. So what does
0: that mean? Does that mean like literally keeping the lights on through to being able to transfer players?
1: Yeah, it also talks about uh, tests. There's actually a test called the fit and proper test. It basically means that, first and foremost, you haven't stolen your money. It doesn't come from dodgy means. <clears throat> Roman Abramovich obviously skipped that one. Uh, but also means that you're not going to go, <laughs> go bankrupt anytime soon. So there is a new industry regulator coming into place because of some dodgy dealings in the past. You need, on top of sound financial structuring, influence. I is for influence. I don't think this is actually a... Uh,
0: Let's <laughs> make an acronym quick. Yeah, as well uh, I said, don't
1: think this is an acronym, but hey, well, I is abbreviation, whichever one they are. Uh, okay, I is the word influence. is investment,
0: Ben. You need <laughs> Investment.
1: Yeah, they're all eyes. I reckon I could make them all <laughs> I's. Put it this way, spoilers, the next one's integrity. <laughs> right, If we had $4 billion, (laughs) if we had $4 billion, in fact you just just came up with the figure, $4 billion, that's fantastic, we'll start there. You still wouldn't be able to buy Liverpool Football Club or any other top flight football club for that matter. Why? You need a group of influential people along for the ride.
0: You can buy influencers on Instagram for like a tenner
1: hey, you can buy influencers, absolutely. We're going to get on to a couple of interesting purchases that might be coming through in a little bit and some names that are in the pot, especially for Manchester United. However, you need a group of influential people. Even the likes of Roman Abramovich, who we joke about, he had close advisors when he bought Chelsea for a laughable £120 million. Why does it seem that £120 million sounds cheap? You know that's still a, still, a, still a good good load of cash, um, but you need a good suitable record. You have to have that influence. You have to be able to show that you are strong. Con, con, you know, um, strong know, and stable. Strong and stable, basically. <laughs> uh, you can't be blown over uh, with a high interest rate. Uh, basically, no, no high gas prices. Yeah, no Russians allowed anymore to buy English football clubs. Unless you control the gas prices. Unless, of course, you control the world. Yes, I mean, that's a different, you know, we're on a political podcast. If we were, we'd certainly be um, in the one of the corners.
0: Okay, so uh, we've got money, we've got influence. Okay, yeah. Okay, I've got, great, I've got them, Ben. I've got them sorted next. Yeah. What else do I need? Integrity. Okay. Talk to me. Wow. Now
1: Now, is there a word more ambiguous than integrity when it comes to people with four billion in cash? The new government test will assess the suitability of prospective buyers. This is gonna put the shackles on and this isn't what the FA said the endless supply of dirty oil money into the Premier League. (laughs) That's not written on the um on the banner. By the way, the government banner that I made—that up. Um, thanks. I don't uh, think it'll
0: fly as a tagline. No, it might not. Uh, so. So how do I demonstrate integritiness? Basically, don't be
1: Russian or Chinese. Now, Is that, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Russian, of course, no Russians allowed at the
0: sweeping, moment. Sweeping. Uh, statements ben what does what does it mean by that i'm gonna i'm gonna back these statements up. first and
1: foremost you can't be russian in the political climate you know no russians are allowed to buy football clubs right now in the uk china also no longer allows its biggest companies to invest in football reason being because when chinese structures financial structures get too big they get dissolved back into the government So the government then creates them as a government entity. I'm not going to go into sort of financial details, but we still don't know where Jack Ma is to this day. Uh, So China aren't going to come flying in. One area of the world that could come flying in and there is a genuine focus in this area of the world, especially given the tournament that's going on at the moment, is the Gulf. Uh, The Gulf states are very much in a position to come in and spend some money this then moves me on from integrity it's basically integrity it shows the ownership is willing to spend what's needed that might be in infrastructure that might be in the training ground that might be in the grassroots academy an example: Saudi Arabian public fund that bought Newcastle. I have
0: the public investment fund. Yes,
1: they're worth money that's not even worth consists something like three hundred twenty billion. Yeah, pounds. <laughs> unfathomable money. What they did, Dan, is they effectively put plans down to build a wind farm off the north of the northeast coast. So they came into the country and said not only we're we going to buy the football team we're going to take newcastle to the top which they are doing very quickly but they're also going to invest in environment i mean we're talking sports washing green washing all rolled up into one financial package absolutely fantastic business now some clubs get sold to individuals there are of course some shakes that are able to physically dip into their pocket and get $4 billion in cash, whatever currency in the world, and just drop it. You know, in reality, that's the only place that kind of money is coming from. Maybe America, you know, tech ownership, those, those high-tech companies. Um, but there are many purchases in sports history that involve big groups of people. It's got a little, little one for you here. The Seattle Mariners. They sold in 2016 for 1400000000 billion. They're an MLB. That's a major league baseball team. They sold. The company that owned them actually was a company called Nintendo of America. Not too yeah. sure what they do, but I think they were quite uh, rich. They've been around a little while, I think. Yeah, they have been around a little while. Uh, but they sold uh, to John Stanton. He's the leader of the club, but he was one of 17 minority stakeholders. So you can still sell clubs to big bunches of people basically they all come in together they all bring swathes of cash uh and they all have to go through these different tests of course there will be different integrity tests for the mlb over in america than there will be for premier league clubs uh over in the in england
0: and i'm sure you know we'll see Money for what it is. Money can probably stress test the integrity test quite easily. I'm I'm sure. Um, yes, and I think where up until funds could be uh, shown to be spent, such as wind farms. Yeah, absolutely right. You 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 can
1: you can persuade and sway investors, um, and I think that will continue to be the case. That's why there is now going to be an industry regulator to make sure that there's no real dirty money coming into the league. You may call oil money dirty money at the end of the day. I mean, you know, if you're an environmentalist, absolutely that will be. But we're talking about dodgy dealing. We're talking about fraudulent money. You know, if you've got oil and you're selling it at a fair price, it's not necessarily dodgy dealing. That's environmental discussions that we're not talking about on today's pod. Um, but here's a little bit of information for you. The biggest sale sports team in history is the Broncos, sold this year for $4.65 billion. That's to one big. of the Waltons boys. The Waltons, of course, own Walmart over in America. I think they vow with Amazon to be the biggest landowner in America. Vast company. Obviously, they have stores across the uh, across the continent. And they sold for 4.65 billion. Also, in this year, we saw Chelsea sold to Todd Boelli. I believe he's the Dodgers owner. Chelsea 3.16 billion. So that's big both money. this year. But if you're looking at the top six biggest sales in history, they're two of the top three. The other ones, Nets, Mets, Panthers, Rockets were all within the last four years. We are seeing big money changes, you know, and the biggest valuation right now is, I mean, I'm not entirely sure or convinced. But I think it's the Cowboys. They're put there around eight billion dollars, something wow. like that. Okay. So you know, but they, listen, they're not sold. So evaluation is only just a, yeah. a, a figure picked out of thin air. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and that's that's part of the sales pitch as well, isn't it? It's the perceived value as as much as real monetary value in some of these things, isn't it? Because until yeah. you actually transfer and sell players or assets, that's when the real value is is attained. Yeah. Um. It's ben, let's talk know, about. You know, I just want to talk briefly about um, ownership because you mentioned like people, but also um, typically investment funds. You know the the the, uh, the investment fund we talked of for Newcastle, but also investment companies, um, various things own uh, football teams up and down the British, the English leagues. Um, and I was looking through some of the leagues earlier, Ben, and I saw uh, one here that caught my eye. Uh, with a list of names against it many many have lists of names with uh, sort of small percentages and then there's like a big investment group owns is the majority shareholder and things like that but this one here Ben Salford City
1: Salford City yes of course owned by uh, a uh, I believe the group of 92
0: yeah so this is uh, Peter Lim Uh, well this is a Wikipedia article so you know call it like you see it uh, you're at uni so you know all about wikipedia but um, of course 40% this uh, Peter Lim but yeah Phil Neville Gary Neville Nicky Butt, Paul Scholes Ryan Giggs and David Beckham each own 10% in that company well
1: this is the the class of 92 and this is um, of course they pumped some money into Salford and there was rumours that Roy Keane was going to go manage them uh, certainly wasn't Gary Neville not a good manager did a bad time over there stint in Valencia uh, but yeah, the class of 92. But there's a name on that list that you just mentioned. His name is circulating right now in talks of Manchester United. And no guesses for which one.
0: I, I actually I don't know.
1: Obviously. I? Which one do you think would have the most money? David Beckham. Yes. I think he's the only <laughs> one that might even considerably have anywhere in the region of a billion.
0: Well, it's, it's suggested here that their net worth combined... Of those uh seven eight people I've just listed, seven people is two point nine billion dollars, so yeah
1: okay, so there you go, so i mean if you if you're valuing Manchester United at four to five billion dollars, and yeah, in reality that looks about right. If you're getting them for under 4000000000 billion, you're probably getting a good deal because of the size of their fan base around the world. But there is talks of David Beckham. Now, obviously, David Beckham doesn't have $4 billion in cash in his back pockets. He also has a football team into Miami over in America. Mm-hmm. So when he comes into the investors, in response, uh, sort of a little caveat here, in response to the European Super League debacle that we talked about on this show and the world of sport talked about, yeah. They've introduced new, tier, new rules around football team purchases in the UK, okay? So, you know, even if Beckham has four billion in his back pocket, they'll go, well, look at the overheads into Miami. You're running a football team there in a fledgling league, which the ML, um, MLS is, uh, and that will need to be sort of factored in. He simply doesn't have the money to buy Manchester United, but him
0: alongside... Well, what he does have Ben is influence.
1: Exactly.
0: And integrity.
1: Mm,
0: yes <laughs> so uh, well except for you know the the controversial figurehead of the uh, world cup at the moment um A p- 10 grand in talk. cash let's move on then so um i've got four billion quid i've, yes. actually, I've actually got 10 i've got 10 billion quid right you're I'm getting the, the next round i'm doing well all right i scrimped tommy gregs this week um <laughs> <laughs> so i've got the cash I've got influence. I've paid for him. I've got him. I know some mates like around, you know, I know a few people here and there. I can, you know, I've got a bit of a name for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I made my money in environmental causes and social enterprises. So nobody ever, but (laughs) here we are. I've made billions out of being good. (laughs) Okay. Um, What do I need next, Ben? I've got money, influence and integrity. I'm, I'm across the line, right?
1: You're pretty much across the line. Yeah. What you need next is a sales desk.
0: Okay. Well, I'm at a desk. No, 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 calls. no,
1: no, 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 no. Your your poultry desk is not a sales desk. As you sip your chalice of <laughs> champagne, uh, <laughs> because you have all this cash lying around, you still need a sales desk. What is a sales desk? I don't this know,
0: Ben. I... You're going to tell me.
1: I'm 100% going to tell you this is where a company will look to hmm tender their their football club like so chicken. as an example here FSG this is the Fenway Sports Group that own Liverpool they bought Liverpool in 2010 for 300 million pounds again petty cash
0: with LeBron James no less as a a shareholder
1: yeah there's a few shareholders actually LeBron James is one interestingly LeBron James uh, I think he spent something like four or five million dollars on his share that's worth over 100 million now so yeah I mean LeBron James did pretty well getting in he's also Liverpool fans I'm sure he's he's happy about that Liverpool were teetering on the verge of bankruptcy under the Gillette and Hicks era very very bad Americans another American um, group buying us out. Obviously, there was a lot of um, worry, apprehension amongst the Anfield faithful. But nevertheless, it's gone very well. Yes, there's going to be people listening saying, no, they've not spent, blah, blah, blah. In general, they've put Liverpool back at the top of world football, Champions League wins, Premier League wins, looking after Jurgen Klopp, Pep Linders, and the whole team there um, on Merseyside. But FSG are a massive, massive uh, collection of, of billionaires, rich investment group. They still need the sales desk. On their sales desk is two names you may know, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley.
0: Now, you may I don't get m- good feelings when I hear those names, <laughs> Ben. <laughs>
1: no, you may have met them down the local <laughs> Weatherspoons, Morgan... <laughs> And Goldman, uh, they are responsible for the most suicides. No, basically, they're responsible for an incredible amount of money and financial fiscal transactions. Yes, I said the word fiscal on a podcast. You can call me Jeremy Hunt. Now, <laughs> what they do. We do. I, I said Hunt. <laughs> what they do uh, is effectively tend to your football club. They look. They look for the integrity. They look for the investment. They look for the influence. People approach them who have integrity. They're basically a influence sales agent, like an
0: estate agent. Is 100%. That what they are? That's
1: all they are. That's all they do. And I can tell you what, they take a
0: percentage. I can imagine, otherwise, they wouldn't do it. Then.
1: <laughs> it's remarkable. But of course, you're going to have people coming from everywhere. Because you remember, you've got to bear in mind there's a lot of names. Is it like one
0: of those, when you walk, work at an organization, like the regular jobs that people do are all managed like internally through HR. You know when it's one of the like the posh jobs at the top because that's done through an external company.
1: Oh, yeah. With yeah. a
0: posh like PDF with pictures in and stuff like that yeah. for the job spec.
1: Yeah, they bring Morgan in. They bring Morgan okay. and, and uh, Sachs. They pull them out of the local spoons, They say, listen... <laughs>
0: Try hey, dry this, yourself up, boys. Dry got, yourself up. Big, girls. big sale. We've got a, uh, we've got a football to yeah, team to sell. We want it
1: done before Christmas 2023, please. Yeah,
0: um, and you'll get your bonuses.
1: Yeah, I mean, they get big bonuses. Uh, of course you hear these names, and, and they are the terror financial names. Uh, I'm sure they uh, spend a lot of money on fines, playing with the financial markets. I wonder what
0: Morgan Sachs and Stanley Freeman do. Oh, uh, not Morgan Freeman. I, 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 I that's the only thing I can think of when I hear the name Morgan. Um <laughs> It's, actually, it's the true. voice of God. What about um,
1: the what about the beautiful British car manufacturer?
0: Uh, wonderful cars. I wonder what um I wonder what they drink in Weatherspoons. Do you think it's a Jack and Coke? Oh no, no. no. Maybe they, they go for the Cavassier.
1: <laughs> they go for the uh, they they walk into Weatherspoons in Happy Hour and go Big Actually dogs. I don't think Weatherspoons have happy hour. I think Weatherspoons have happy three hundred and sixty five <laughs> days a year. Uh, um damn. anyway. Crikey, their owner. Oh, what a pleasure. Anyway, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. <laughs> we're a sports, we're a sports podcast. Let's stick to the sports. And they're going to be responsible. And Manchester United will have a similar sales desk. I don't exactly know who is on theirs, but they are being sold. Or effectively, they're looking. They're considering that this what this is the kind of words they use. They're considering alternative funding methods oh, it's all these stupid words put together basically the owners are going to, are going to come out with a lot of cash the glazers uh, the owners of united a little bit different down because fsg bought liverpool for a, a tiny sum they now are going to sell it for a massive sum so they will take physical cash loads out the glazers bought man united for a big sum and will sell for a bigger sum, but they've been taking dividends and money out of the club consistently. For the so last the fans
0: year. haven't been fans of these people, have
1: they? 17 years. No, no, no. I mean, FSG are in the kind of middle ground. They're not hated owners. They're not loved at the moment, mainly because they didn't go and get Jude Bellingham this summer. But yeah, the Glazers, Glazers out. It's been trending for well over three years on Twitter. Uh, we're talking about, uh, games that have been postponed because the fans have attacked team hotels. I mean, the Glazers are simply not liked. Uh, I've obviously had new CEOs come into the the, the football club and uh, yet yeah, Joel Glazer and his brothers will be, I think, selling the club within the next couple of years. But also, this is another thing, another thing to mention about buying these sports clubs down. It is not an overnight thing. We're not talking about picking up a Christmas present we're talking about months and years of deals. These are franchises.
0: Okay, so that's number five. Time. Okay, so I've got cash. All right, I'm doing all right. Cashed in at the horses. I've got cash. I've got influence. All right, because I'm mates with Beckham. I've got integrity. You know, I made my money in in reasonable ways. Um, I've now got a sales desk with some of my financial mates from Spoons on it. Right, and I've got time. I'm not in a hurry. Doesn't matter if it's this year or next. I'm done. I've got a football team. Of course. Wicked. Which one are we buying? I
1: mean, I'll be honestly, I think you probably you're probably looking at it's hard to say, but Manchester United. And the reason you would take Manchester United over Liverpool at this point. And possibly coming over the next six months, we're going to see potential buyers or names thrown into the hat. Maybe names with a little bit more realistic value than d You're probably looking at Manchester United. That's You call him that city? I thought sheer, that was just our name. Sheer fan base. Manchester United yeah, are supported so. all over the world. Their reach is astonishing. You can build a new stadium. You can build a new uh, training facility that's going to cost you double, um, not in terms of buying the club, probably only a few hundred million more, but you have to put a billion into the stadium. Old Trafford is falling apart. Carrington's one of the worst football uh, training grounds in the country. Look at Man City's, look at Liverpool, sponsored by AXA. Newcastle, I believe, are building one. You've also cut to put generation into the greater Manchester area. You've got to put funding into that. That could include possibly schools or kind of social systems. So, yeah, there would be more expense. And you've also got massive overheads, especially in terms of wage structure. And the club is also not in the Champions League, so you have got bigger risks. The biggest risk award is Manchester United. The safe bet is to buy someone like Liverpool. You're going to come in, you're going to make money. And as long as you look after a couple of the big people like Jurgen Klopp, a couple of the big players, you're... You know, Mo Salah, etc. Um, you're going to have a kind of smoother ride.
0: You're going to have a good time. All right, Ben. Um, t- truth be told, I haven't got 10 billion quid. All right, <sighs> I haven't. I've I've only got like I've got a couple of hundred quid. But I know millions of people that are big fans of the team. I want to buy. Can we not all group together and buy it? Can can I, can we force it into a fan-owned team? Right. Can we be Barcelona of UK? Do you want to be? I don't know. How does that work, Ben? These teams are fan-owned. So essentially, as I understand it, the teams pay a a couple hundred quid a year um, and they get voting rights on who's the president um, and all this kind of stuff. Um, With Barcelona, you have to have a, a, a family tie to someone that's already... Um, a, you know, a shareholder, essentially, uh, to get in, um, from what I understand. But also you've got, um, uh, who's the American football team? Green Bay Packers. You know, They're fan-owned as well. What does that mean, Ben? And why can't we fan-own Liverpool?
1: Well, I mean, it's not necessarily as hippie <laughs> as it sounds, because that's what it sounds like. Fan-ownership. And, um, How and about... they
0: sell themselves on that, right? They How sell themselves about... on yeah owner.
1: how about you know 100 million fans all chipping 100 quid um you know quick math that's at least Some 200 money. million uh <laughs> yes <laughs> how about you all chipping 100 quid that's not fan ownership okay fan ownership is you know i talked about them the um mariners i think 17 owners fan ownership is many more but you still need influential top-end owners you need rich investors um, you are you know you're presumably owned by the the fans, but it's not necessarily minority. it's not it's not basically a hundred thousand fans. You've got supporters trusts, you've got private investors, you've got uh, club management, um you've got loads of different things. in Germany, we see a lot of this fan ownership, but you still need fundamental finance. You still need cash in, in, injection into clubs. And Barcelona, I mean, they are absolutely on their knees as a football club, financially buckled. Barcelona have been selling off TV rights up until 2057. I'm not sure we're still going to be podcasting in 2057. The earth might not still not be speaking with that attitude we're not, Ben. I mean, we're talking about having to sell their soul to stay afloat and to continue <laughs> buying big marquee players and to Lewandowski. But fan ownership is not necessarily the answer. It sounds a uh, bit—it's a bit of a kind of a hippie uh, idealistic view of owning a sports team. The the idealistic view for me is some person or entity or fund that has enough money to support the club, but actually wants to do well by that club, by the uh, local fan base at the area the club is based in to build schools to build you know inject into that uh, that local area and that 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 for me would be the kind of idealistic dream but no fan ownership isn't this um ideal method
0: uh okay fine look i think i might have to put this idea to bed it sounds like hard work um getting through to buying a football team Uh, but ben maybe you have bought one what am i going to be spending my money on Wow. What aren't you going to be spending your money on? The initial purchase, right? Four billion quid, gone, done. Yeah. right. I've got six billion quid left to play with. What am I spending it on?
1: Well, I mean, you're going to spend it on a lot of things. Um, You're going to spend it on investment.
0: The spoons bill, for a start. The
1: spoons bill. uh, You're going to spend it on... Uh, you're going to spend it on monetizing, promoting. So you're going to be looking at to bring in extra revenue. So you're going to be looking at your hot dog and beer vendors in your stadium. You're going to be looking at the manufacturers. You're going to be looking at sponsorships. In terms of Manchester United, you're going to be looking at a new stadium, state-of-the-art facilities. You're going to want that stadium to be able to cross-play with the NFL so you can get the American football over here twice a season to boost those ticket sales. You're going to want to look at your shirt sponsors. You're going to want to look at your training pitch. You're also going to look at physical investments. This is where football, soccer differs a little bit from American sports because, you know, if you buy Manchester United tomorrow, Dan, people will be at your door, knocking on your door, asking you why you've not bought Pedri, why you've not bought Mbappe, why you've not gone to spend 200 million pounds on the next South American starlet. Different in the NFL i think every club bar the Dallas Cowboys are part of an NFL sort of proprietary system which basically means the funding goes back in the Dallas Cowboys i think run it a, diff- a little bit differently they're not part of that signing i think which is why they're worth so much money because they can make money off all of their sales where it's everything from ticket sales down to a key ring for a car you know that kind of thing but you've got to invest and you've got to continually invest until your pockets are empty.
0: Okay. They're empty, right? I've gone. 10 million quid is done, right? I've emptied the bank. How am I making money? How am I getting my 10 billion quid back? Plus it's an investment, right? It's an investment. Investment has returns. Where am I getting my returns, Ben? And well, when I am a few, I them?
1: Yeah, you've got a few different options. Um, Brilliantly, the two clubs that we're looking at, Manchester United and Liverpool, are good examples of these. Liverpool were bought for 300 million. They're going to be sold 12 years later for 3 billion. That's a 10 times investment. Liverpool have been bought. I think
0: we, we call it 10x in the trade.
1: 10x, sorry, 10x in the trade. 10x <laughs> in the footsie markets, 10x. Uh, yeah, on the trading floor. On the trading floor, it's 10x. <laughs> Uh, but what, they they really, show,
0: what are they shouting at each other in those places? Are on those the trading exchanges? floor. I
1: saw a wonderful picture actually in the uh, New York Times of when they shut down the London trading floor to make it computerized. Yeah, um, It was actually, uh, I think it was during during Thatcher's reign. They called it the Big Bang. Right. Um, and they, it was when they moved to sort of the technological era and they shut the trading floor and you've got people literally crying because it was all on paper. Yeah. It was talk and it was promises and it was paper and fascinating. What are they shouting? Uh, They're literally
0: stocks, saying, I owe you, I owe you, I owe you.
1: Stocks, numbers, looking for you know contacts. Yes, yeah, spectacular. It's basically a load of bullshit, isn't it, really? Um, but, yeah, it's, absolutely, it's, it's all hokum. Uh, but <laughs> in terms of uh, football clubs, Liverpool uh, and FSG and, and uh, Fenway, they have um, run the club a little bit like a tech startup. So they've bought it. They've built it and they're going to sell it. The Glazers bought Manchester United as the biggest team in world football and they're going to sell them as one of the biggest teams in world football. Actually, the the level of the team in terms of on the pitch has gone down dramatically. They're still massive. But what they're able to do is levy debt against the club and they've been able to withdraw money, dividends, been able to withdraw and suck the club dry because it's so big. It can create so much revenue and profit they're able to pull cash out every year. How those financial structures work, I mean, you'd have to fire up a financial podcast for that information. But basically, they're the two differences. You can sort of pull a club, basically bleed a club dry, which is what a lot of Manchester United fans think has happened at Manchester United, and they're probably right. Or you can treat it like a, a tech startup, you know, a Facebook or a, an Instagram of the sports world. Invest, watch it build, and then pull out when it's worth three plus billion dollars.
0: And not do what Elon's doing, which is burning, burning a oh. plane
1: I mean, Elon's not burning money. He's a wise man. His value rockets up <laughs> as, the, as the year I, goes I, I on. I think we're going to get
0: past this idea that billionaires are geniuses.
1: I, I, I don't think, I don't,
0: I, listen, I mean, I, what? who is a genius, you know? Who is a genius? People with 10 billion quid that have just bought Man United and are now making a killing, Ben. They may
1: not make a killing in the first few years. They we're talking about mass investment. I told you,
0: I've got time. I've got time. You um, have. Ben, a little tidbit here for you, um, and I'm going to take it. It's a complete made-up fact for you, but okay, I'm going to well. make it up and I'm going to tell you what happened. So the true part of this story is when I was at uni, I played a bit of poker. Yeah. And um, you remember the TV show Late Night Poker? Yes. Yeah. So I, I played a tournament uh in in um i think i can't remember what it was i think it was oxford something like that i you know i wasn't very good like i was all right and, you know, I, I enjoyed it but i wasn't like amazing never made any money or anything but um enjoyed going along and stuff and we went to some sort of public buy in tournament type thing and like there was a few celeb poker players there bunny quotes from late night poker right and I don't remember any of the bloody names like it's just people that you saw on the telly like oh playing against that person and they kicked me out in like first hand kind of thing yeah um, we had a great time anyway whatever it, i've just been doing a bit of googling and it turns out the um i was looking at the uh, the current owner of Brighton Hove Albion football club ben there's a guy called Tony Bloom, also known as The Lizard, who um, wow. used to star on Late Night Poker, made his money through betting, a sort of betting conglomerate by all accounts and things like that. It's entirely possible I played poker against the owner of Brighton High Football Club. So what you're saying, this is like
1: serendipity. I basically, so, get,
0: I basically fan own Brighton High Football Club so I gave him my 20 quid buy-in. You,
1: <laughs> what do you reckon that 20 quid buy-in's worth now? Oh, it's like <laughs> 50 quid.
0: Oh, 50 easy quid. 50 quid. Uh, I mean, it's I'm highly likely crazy. he wasn't there and that's a non-story, but I'm taking it no it's I, like it. I like link. it it's the, it's the kevin bacon links to owning brighton and hope football club no, i've what, done it i've got to the end of the show and i'm a fan owner of a football club exactly what you've done <laughs> is through our conversation
1: you deduced that actually there is a loophole into football clubs and that is through
0: betting <laughs> he's made a lot of money so are
1: we finishing the show off to say gamble your way to football club ownership
0: uh, if you can be as successful as this guy has, then yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen, Brian, i incredibly successful. Betting is
0: incredibly damaging to many people, yes! many families, and many lives. It is not a laughing matter, um, but some people uh, and make of course- an absolute shit ton of money out of it
1: and thankfully we put our Bet365 advertisement at the beginning of our podcasts <laughs> uh, but you know, like Brad Ryan have been owned brilliantly and that's a, that's an example of an ownership where the club's been bought up through the championship invested in and is now paying the dividends for the owners and the fan base there is good ownership stories. There's also bad ownership stories with corruption, bankruptcy, and all around
0: bad things. Give us a horror story, Ben. Give us the horror story that you know. <sighs> Manchester United is probably not far off a horror story, quite <laughs> frankly.
1: There you go. Good Lord. Uh, but no, I think you probably have to look at of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I think it was Jerry Richardson was the former owner, but he was forced to... sell the panthers after allegations of misconduct sexual misconduct some pretty bad stuff and they were one of the teams that i talked about at the beginning of the show that sold recently that was 2018 they sold for 2.2 billion dollars so there are forced sales as well that's where the league sees there's a lack of integrity with the owner and forces through the sales that's another avenue it's an incredible business but look at all those sales we've seen in the last few years You're going to see more and more from the Gulf state. We're going to see big Gulf ownerships from Qatar, Bahrain, the whole UAE, effectively, because there is a huge amount of wealth there. Uh, So, yeah, if you've got uh, four billion ill-gotten gains, throw it into your local football club.
0: Well we um we're certainly used to seeing those big um uh, that you know, those um Gulf states represented in sport Ben as Formula One fans, aren't we? You know, their the names in the countries are plastered all over the sport and and the organizations and the companies that sit within them, the oil producing companies all over it. And perhaps um this is sports moment uh, football's moment to capitalise on. That's the very same cash that keeps Formula One flowing. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, that's quite a ride. I think it's probably a good time to finish there. Ben, football, how many minutes have you managed to watch of the World Cup so far?
1: None, although this has been very, very difficult because there's an enormous amount of coverage on every laptop and computer screen around campuses in the UK and abroad. Uh, But I will add to this, Dan, before you tell me about the game you watched of the competition I'm not watching. I saw that the record was set for the most watched, most televised uh, soccer match in America. That oh was yeah. the USA, played England, and 15 million Americans wow. tuned in for a soccer match. That was on the Thanksgiving weekend, the same weekend that the record was broken for the most watched NFL regular season match of all time, 46 million wow. Americans. So you can see that soccer's still trending a little bit behind, or a long way behind, but... That's a massive uh, viewership base over in America. So uh, expect big things from soccer in the next 10, 20 years.
0: Well, that's interesting because um, a quote I, I read in some of our, <laughs> I was going to call it research. I think that's uh, that's kind, well, on my behalf, I'm going to say, uh, ahead of this show, Ben. And one of the quotes was, if you own an NFL team, you own one of the biggest sports uh, in America. If you own an English Premier League team, you own one of the biggest sports in the world. Like English Premier League has buying cachet, right?
1: Yes, but there's a reason. Uh, eight of the top ten most valuable sports teams in the world are NFL teams.
0: Yeah, money, retention. Revenue, revenue. There you go. All right. Well, maybe I'll go take my money stateside. Save that for another pod, um, Ben. Yeah, I did watch a bit of football, but I'm not going to talk to you about the matches because. You know, there's plenty said about that. I'm not going to talk about the politics. There's plenty said about that. We're not going to talk about the sustainability. We've talked about that. I've watched my very first match in Ultra HD today. Wow. that's quite a surprisingly pleasant experience, I have to say. <laughs> Uh, Compared to standard, it's noticeable. HD is high definition, right? Ultra high definition. 4K ultra high definition through BBC iPlayer. Is
1: that ahead of Quantum or is that behind Quantum in the
0: HD range? Uh, It's slightly below um, Flabbergasting, Mm. above Quantum, Ultra, and then Megatron's like at the top. Why the bad, why the bad, (laughs) why the bad one? (laughs) What was the bad one? Could have
1: been Optimus. <laughs> I'm just
0: Megatron. saying words that come to my head. Far um, out. It's like the weirdest word association game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it that's amazing. Bad. So that's
1: th- streamed through the BBC. They're actually streaming 4K. You can now only
0: through. see Ultra HD through iPlayer. You can't do it Incredible. through terrestrial wow. um, satellite um, radio um, TV aerial thingy. Anyway. Um, right Ben that probably brings us nicely to the end of the show to be fair Um, we've not been very multi-sports but um, there's a lot of football happening at the moment a lot of money moving about in football and um, not least because of the World Cup but because a couple of uh, the UK's or England and obviously the world's most treasured Premier League football teams are potentially up for sale so we will watch those uh, very closely Um, but that's all for this show so all that's left for me to say is I've been Dan And I've been Ben. Until next, last Wednesday of the week. Be kind. Bye-bye.